All right, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Seriously Podcast. I'm Brittany. I'm Mary. And today we are switching it up. You know, we usually do web series, digital series, and, you know, seriously podcasts. But we said, let's give some films some love, mm-hmm. some short films and stuff. So today we are talking about anime created and directed by the one and only Greg Halley, who we have with us today. Hey, Greg. Hey, hey, hey. Thank you guys for having me first and foremost and switching up the format and letting them play <laughs> in. <laughs> I appreciate that. Thank you for coming in. Like we're so excited to talk about anime. Yeah, I, I um, it's it's crazy because there's not a lot of podcasts that talk about film, black film, and black series, and different things mm-hmm. like this, and that have a dope perspective at it at the same time. So, um, mm-hmm. that was like the main reason I was like, let me reach out and see if there's some kind of synergy where we could come chop it up because um, a lot of these other podcasts, it's like they're either not for the culture mm-hmm. or they're for the culture, but it's not very in-depth. Mm-hmm. So it's always, yeah. a, it's always like a tough time. Like you want to support, support black everything, but you know how it is when you want it to be good stuff too. It's like, yo, I don't want yeah, to yeah. support something black because it's black, but I also want it to be, something I could be proud to share with people and, and you guys right. definitely have that type of podcast. Thank oh, you. Thank oh you. My God. Thank you. So sweet. Don't, don't go. <laughs> uh, so before we get started, we always like to ask our guests, what was the first web series you ever watched? So, so funny because I knew you guys were going to ask this question. Um, <laughs> you didn't come prepared? I'm just kidding. Well, <laughs> no, it's funny because like when I was thinking about it, I was like, it was so hard for me to pinpoint, but I'm thinking and I'm like, I I go so backwards because I kind of, when I see the final product, like Insecure came from Awkward Black Girl, I go back and look at them. When I saw Money Violence mm. made it to title, I went back and looked at it. Um, so it's hard for me to say the first one, but I will say, I think one of the ones that I remember watching early on um the HBO show High Maintenance when it was on Vimeo. Oh, wow. I, I remember watching the High Maintenance episodes on Vimeo because I had a friend who kept telling me, like, yo, you should check this out. They have a really interesting um, format of the show, how they, like, kind of tell a different story and different characters every episode. And that was real intriguing to me. So that was, like, one of the the first web series that I can remember really being like, wow, nobody's supporting this and like watching the episodes continuously Mm -hmm. i'm sure there's been a bunch others but like i've seen a lot of web series that i might not remember the name of yeah uh, to put it in a kind way (laughs) (laughs) got you got you so um you actually directed your own web series with mac wilds at the hours which i love like i love the concept of it what inspired you to start creating your own content? Um, so this is crazy because um, I think like, you know, when you get older, you start looking back like, yo, how did I get here? How did I do this? How did I do that? I'm sure you guys have had that moment with this mm-hmm. podcast where you're like, yo, how the hell did we start podcasting? Yeah, we, we do. So for me, I think a big part of what it was, was ever since I was like in high school, I was doing these kind of creative things where it was like in class, they would give me a like a small project and I would turn it into a production. And I didn't realize I was doing it until mm. afterwards, 
when I start having conversations like this and people are like, yo, when did you start? So when I was in English class, we had a writing assignment and I decided to write a play and it was called Learned in School. Pretty much what I did was I took paid in full and I turned it into a school related thing where they were hustling hall passes. It was like, <laughs> it was like the funniest thing ever. Like, and we had like me and my friends acted out in class and stuff like that. And to me, it was like, before we had the technology to really capture it, we were already doing it. You know what I mean? Like we had a school project, like make your own um, product. And I was like making commercials and stuff. So that was like the really OG beginning. Mm -hmm. And then when I, and then I went into journalism, I was writing, you know, doing a lot of that stuff. And pretty much what ends up happening is a video guy that I was working with, um, Long story short, I didn't have a lot of money to hire people. You know how when you're getting stuff off the ground, it's kind of like tit for tat, favor for favor. Yeah. So when it came down to do the edit for something, he was just like, yo, you don't know anything about video. You don't know shit about video. And I'm like one of the most competitive people you've ever met. So if you tell me I can't <laughs> do something, like I'm going to do it just to spite you. So I was like, <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. And I went out and I, and I um, got a camera. And I started um, shooting my own content. And before you knew it, I got really good at it. And the record labels that I was going to to do interviews were like, yo, who's shooting and editing your stuff? Mm -hmm. And I was like, I'm doing it myself. And they were like, yo, we'll give you this much money to follow so-and-so around for a day. And when I started seeing the amount of money that was there, I was like, wait, what? <laughs> so I started going into that whole thing, like the BTS video um, and then I went on like the Nicki Minaj print print tour with Tanache. Nicki so, Minaj? Yeah. I'm a barb, so yes. yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a barb. Hey, I respect it. Nicki, Nicki was actually like, for everything that's like said about Nicki Minaj, like I've had a couple encounters with her and she was mm -hmm. one of the coolest, coolest um, people at that level that I've met. Like she owes me a game of spades to this day. I, I think she's... <laughs> I think she's running from me, but, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, she owes me a game of spades, but she, but she kept it really cool. Um, where we both grew up wasn't too far from each other. So we kind of bonded over that. Oh. And that was cool. Oh, Queens. I, I grew up in Elmont, which is like, okay. I don't know right. that is. That's my neighborhood. I, I grew up in Cambridge Heights. See? Everything you know in that I mean? neighborhood. I could throw, I could <laughs> throw a rock and hit your house. I could throw a rock. Exactly. Wow. One step. We in Elmont. Yep. Like, literally. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, yeah, we bonded over that. But when I was on that tour and I was capturing all this content and I felt like my production was getting to a really high level, that's mm -hmm. when I was like, yo, I have all these stories that I want to tell. And this BTS stuff, I'm not really telling a story. Mm. I'm really more so just capturing nice. stuff as it happens. And I wanted to be able to have input on the storytelling process. And because I have like a degree in English and, I, and I'm and i so passionate about writing, it just made sense. Like, yo, I'm getting really elevated in terms of my concept of how video content should be put together. And I already have a storytelling background. So... I remember going to Spike Lee and um, asking him, like, yo, I want to direct, da -da 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 -da. what advice do you have for me? And he was like, learn how, he was like, learn how to write. And I was like, I already know how to write. And he's like, what the hell are you asking me for? You're good. <laughs> and I was like, oh, all right. And leave me alone. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It's just like, you know, because when it comes to the actual filming of stuff, 
um, cinematography, it's all about experimentation. Everybody has mm. their own style. It's about how creative you can be. But at the end of the day, the reason that, and you guys love web series, the reason you love web series is because of the stories, not because of yep. the quality, not because of what fancy camera they shot it with. Somebody could shoot with an iPhone. And if their story is good enough, that web series will be popular. So that's yep. what really motivated me, knowing that, you know, looking at the the film, kind of like the black film landscape. And I'm like, damn, in the 90s, we used to have all these great, great pieces of content. And then that I felt like were super original and had like, you know, these really great signatures to them. And then I felt like, yo, we kind of fell into a place where now they're just making the same movie over and over again. Talk about oh my it. God, yes. So I'm so like, boring. yeah, I'm like, until 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 we start to create the content we want to see and hopefully people support that content mm -hmm. and then we continue to rise up, that's the only way we're going to have this kind of renaissance where it's like, and now you can kind of see it where it's just like you have Atlanta, you have Insecure, you got P-Valley, you got, um, you have a lot of these shows now that it's like, oh, okay, y'all are really hitting different, um pockets mm -hmm, of the yeah. black experience so mm -hmm. that's pretty much what's been inspiring me to create content i just want to be a part of that mm. yes. you had mentioned that you when you were younger you kind of imitated um a, a, you created a project that was kind of like based off paid in full was there any other shows or films that you watched that kind of inspires you today yeah so um definitely i think so I'm the youngest, my, so my grandmother um, had 12 kids. So I have a ton of cousins, right? And mm -hmm. I was, for a long time, I was the baby. Then there's like a few of my cousins who like, my younger brother came seven years after me. So until I was seven, I was the baby. So in, in, in a certain sense, I'm like the youngest cousin in a way, mm -hmm. where it's like, I have cousins that are 10, 15 years older than me. So the stuff they were watching when I was like seven, eight years old, and the stuff they were listening to, I kind of inherited that. So when they were like discovering the miseducation of Lauren Hill, I was right there. When they were um, watching Boomerang, I was right there. So all mm. of these things, I was watching them, and I I hadn't, I didn't have the like maturity to really um, break down what I was seeing, right? Mm -hmm. But what happened is in 2017, I tore my ACL mm. playing basketball and. I had to be in bed for like, mostly in bed for like six months. So what I did was I went back and watched all of the like iconic black films from the nineties, all of the stuff that I grew up seeing that I might not have properly understood. The mm -hmm. set it offs, the do the right things, um, Harlem nights, um, you know, all those kind mm -hmm. of classic movies, the best man, the wood, like all these movies yes. that I really loved that I like, Felt like I knew so well. I knew the lines, but I didn't understand what they meant. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. when I went back and watched them as an adult, I was like, oh, there's so mm -hmm. much nuance here that I did not understand. You know what I mean? Like I didn't, for me, I didn't understand why Eddie Murphy looking at the girl's toes in Boomerang was such a funny moment. You know what I mean? <laughs> as, as a kid, I'm like, yo, that's just silly. But yeah. the symbolism of it all that kind of just shows how like how shallow you can be as a man. Like you could become so shallow where it's like 
you're not even judging her off of the right things. You're right. looking at her toes. Like how many hours of a day are you actually going to see this girl's toes really? So, right. so that was when I started to appreciate those art all over again. So it was a lot of that nineties, like those nineties black films, the mo mm-hmm. better blues. Um, come on. Classic. Yeah. Come on. Come on. <laughs> Yeah, I can get in my bag about black films for real. Like that's yes. What's your ultimate favorite, all time favorite? Uh, my all like so it might black be a little film. bit disappointing. Mm-hmm. My my all time no favorite. judgment. No, no, no. My all time favorite black film is actually Paid in Full, which is why okay. I had recreated it. But I just yes, yes. feel like as black as it is, as cultural as it is. It doesn't lose anything in production value, mm. acting power, writing. Everything was A1. So it's just kind of yeah. like, it's like our Goodfellas. Like we don't, and mm. when you think about like black films, it's like, what's the gangster black film that is that polished? I don't, I, I don't have one that I could put next to Paid in Full where it's like, yo, mm. all of the literary techniques they use stand up. And then you have Mackay Pfeiffer, you got Wood Harris acting their ass off. You got um, Regina George. Oh, okay. Yo. No, different movie? Never mind. I'm thinking about something. I'm thinking about Juice. I'm sorry. Oh, Ma'am? Juice is another one. Yes. But um, in terms of favorites, Paid in Full, Mo Better Blues. Um, yeah, Mo Better Blues is like, to me, one of the GOAT films that people haven't seen. So I watched that movie so many times because the moment you tell me you haven't seen Mo Better Blues, like we're watching it that day. Oh, wow. oh you haven't seen it? Okay, cool. Um, <laughs> one of my favorite films, it's not, It's I guess you can't necessarily classify it as a black film, but White Men Can't Jump is one of my favorite uh-huh. films of all time. Um, <sighs> you can't go wrong with The Best Man. Like those, like... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Best Man is good, classic. I like Set It Off a lot because mm-hmm. that was the first film where you just, like, that I can recall where Black women just got to, like, run the show. Like, yep. They got busy. They got yeah, yeah. <laughs> they got to be. They got to be tough. They got to be gangster, and it was really like there was no male savior. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It was really just like some real black girl shit. So, mm-hmm. come on. So, so yes, yeah. <laughs> got him. Yes. Can I ask y'all oh. what y'all was y'all goat black film? Um, mine is um, two can play that game. I could put, I could watch Ooh. that all day, and it taught me so much about um, men and relationships. Mm. Mm. I like that. Yeah, that one's good. I like the wood. I love the, the wood. That's the so one. Yeah. That's the one. Like I just love showing them young and in present day how their childhood affected each other, even yeah. just relationships, men and women, just being friends and not like it's really good. That's my go to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's super nostalgic. Like, it really makes you um, think about, like, just imagine watching that film as a virgin and seeing this dude, like, and this girl, they're about to do it for the first time. Like, scenes like that, like, until you went through it and go back and watch it, you don't mm-hmm. truly appreciate it. Because mm-hmm. when you're a kid watching it, you're just like, oh, this is funny. Yeah. <laughs> but then when you're an adult and you, it brings you back to that moment, that first time that you 
went there with somebody, you're like, uh-huh. oh, okay, got it. I know exactly what this Happy. is. Happy, right, right. Definitely. Um, I just want to talk about how anime is, I feel like anime is definitely unapologetically black. Like even in the first frame, you see Kaepernick's jersey. Um, and you also see like the Black Panther action figure on his desk. Um, so why was it important for you to include Black Panther action figure on his desk? And how did Chadwick Boseman's passing affect you personally? So, so it's so crazy because, um, so there was this, um, there was this little time period, maybe like three, four five years ago where a few prominent black actors started coming out in their interviews and saying like, and I remember it happening on like the Think Like a Man um, press run and stuff where they were like, yo, this isn't a black film. It's just a film and there's mm. black people in it. And I was mm. like, yo, why are we shying away from the distinction of being a black film as if that's some kind of embarrassment or something like yeah. that? Mm-hmm. Um, if, if, if you're looking at it as if like, it's a knock on you. You're perpetuating the stereotype that black films aren't the best. You know what I'm saying? Mm, so, mm-hmm. so in my mind, I'm like, when I'm creating my film, I was like, yo, I'm going to like overdo it. Like I want it to be so <laughs> black that you have no choice but to call it a black film. Like yeah. you could try not to, but you're going to be like, it's pretty black. Uh, <laughs> so I'm not shying away from that at all. Like that's, mm-hmm. so that's why, you know, when I sat down and we were thinking of like all the symbols and things we wanted to put into it, you know, Black Panther was really important because yeah. that was like a billion dollar movie. And they got this, um, this black, this black uh, director, this young black director, mm-hmm. um, Ryan Coogler, they gave him an opportunity to steer the ship on one of the biggest, most expensive franchises to date. And then the cast was just so opulent, black, beautiful. And what Chadwick Boseman did in Black Panther um, really took that to the next level, took it out the stratosphere to the point where when I left um, Black Panther, it was one of those moments. It was similar to like it was similar to like when, when Obama got in office where it's just like, you yeah. walked out, you walked out of the theater and you're like, yo, we got one. Like we, mm-hmm. like we got one. And he was, and he's the best superhero in the Marvel universe. That was the craziest thing about it. Yep. There's no more, like when you're watching Avengers and Black Panther shows up, the arena goes like the theater mm-hmm. goes crazy. It's so, a different feeling. Yeah. So he, what he was able to do, with that character. And it's so funny because I feel like as a consumer, you kind of forget that Chadwick Boseman is the Black Panther, right? Like, so you just keep saying Black Panther, Black Panther, Black Panther. So when Chadwick passed away and I was thinking about um, like all of the films of his that I've watched and I'm processing the fact that he's gone. And I remember like, when I was gonna go to film school. So like I said, I have a journalism, I mean, an English degree. I started in journalism, but I switched to English and I, I graduated with an English degree. And when I when I started getting into film for real, like I had that insecurity of like, damn, I didn't go to film school. And I, I visited this, um, this film academy in New York. And when I sat down with the Dean, 
like he was selling me on the fact that, yo, Chadwick Boseman went here. And this is when he just did the James Brown movie. The Jackie mm. Robinson movie was out. So he was like, yo, Chadwick Boseman went here. Da, 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 da. We shaped him. We molded him. And that right there, I was about to take a whole lot of money just off of the like clout of it all. I was like, yo, Chadwick Boseman went here. I got to go here. And, <laughs> and I eventually ended up like deciding not to go. But that was one of the the things that like as I was processing him not being here, I was like, yo, just mm. off of just off of what he was able to do, I was willing to spend a lot of money to go somewhere thinking like, mm. yo, if, if I can get even some of what he picked up, that yeah. I'll be happy. So that was one big way. And then when we started thinking about the film, and I'm like, yo. Chadwick Boseman is in anime. Like, he is the Black Panther. Like, he's mm -hmm. in the joint. He's in the film. Like, he's in the movie. So it was just very um, crazy to me to think about the, like, degrees of separation, how he performed so well in that film to the point where I remember, um, I remember we had to pay extra money. I had ordered a, a figurine online, and it wasn't mm -hmm. going to make it in time. So I had to go on Amazon and order another one and pay like twice the price for it. And everybody was like, yo, we could just put something else. And I'm like, nah, Black Panther nah. gotta be on his desk. If <laughs> if we don't have Black Panther on his desk, like I'm not shooting the scene. <laughs> <laughs> That's real. Yeah, I wanted needed. Yeah, I wanted images of blackness that were gonna last forever. And it doesn't mm -hmm. matter at what point in time, like a hundred years from now, you see that action figure. You'll know who Black Panther is. You'll know. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so that to me was the reasoning behind that. And that was mm -hmm. the impact. So for me, with Chad McBoseman passing, it's just like, you know, we, me and Mac Wiles, we submitted this application to Netflix and they asked, like, one of the things on the application they asked was like, yo, if you could cast anyone, who could you cast? And I wanted to write Chadwick Boseman's name, but I, I literally said to Mac, I'm like, yo, Chadwick's out of here, man. There's, there's, there's no way we can get him to come do a film at this right. point. He's like, he's on top of the world. Like, <laughs> like we got some work to do before we get Chaz Chadwick on mm -hmm. set. And unfortunately, we won't have the opportunity. But mm -hmm. um, I think he he put a good body of work out there. That sure did. Yeah. Last time. Yeah, legends like Thurgood Marshall. Forty two um, was such a good movie. Yeah, forty two was amazing. Ugh, yeah, so sad. I love it. Um, but let's let's get into anime because I need to lift my spirits up. Let's do it. <laughs> if you, I guess this is the point where we should say if, if you haven't seen anime yet, yeah, yeah, wanna... yeah, definitely fast forward if you haven't watched. If you haven't watched, pause this. Mm -hmm. Go to Amazon Prime, watch it, and then come back to us. Then come back. Spoiler alert. Oh yeah, perfect. That's even better. Yes, plug that in there. <laughs> <laughs> So um, the film opens up with Wes. He is an it's, it's an A and R rep. Is that what he is? Yeah, he's an A and R. He's like a, a hip hop A and R. Okay, mm -hmm. he works at Atlantic, but he he don't seem to work. Like I don't see him doing anything. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. That's he, he's asking his friend to cover for him while he but goes what, on the date. But, but real quick, what is it? I know you guys have met hip hop. You've met A and Rs before, right? No. You've never met an A and R before? No. Have I? I don't think I have either. Well, 
the funny thing is I know quite a few A&Rs, but like, have you ever asked yourself what what exactly does the A and R do? I wonder. No, I don't even know what it stands I for. Like, <laughs> I feel like that's such a, on, on TV. Everyone's always an A and R rep. It's, Everyone's always an A and R. It's like TV. it's like Tommy from Martin, right? Where's like, yes? He got no job. Okay, you're an A and R, right? Cool, okay. What do you do? What exactly, do you do? What exactly do you do? Like I'm, the, I'm yeah. assuming it's they look for talent. Uh, so t- so. He said no. What a, no. What a A&R, <laughs> no, that's part of it. A&R's, A&R's can sign people to labels, so they can discover talent and sign them. But typically what an A&R does is they shape the sound of your album. They bring you the right mm. producers mm. and the right sounds that you should be creating. They pretty much help you musically, like, kind mm. of put the project together. Mm, so yes. okay. the reason that I feel that... Um, it's a it's like an ironic kind of position to have is because you got guys like J. Cole where it's like he produces and writes the song, he sings on it himself. So what did you really A and R? You know what I mean? Mm, like he right. did everything himself. Like mm. a lot of these artists are just kind of doing it all themselves now. Yeah. So the idea of an A and R is a little bit um outdated. So I, I actually thought that was pretty funny because I was like you don't actually know what an A and R does. <laughs> they don't so, work. Yeah, yeah. The, the only A and R I remember that actually did something is um from Brown Sugar, Tay Diggs' character. Ah. He actually cared. He went to talent shows. Yeah, exactly. And you know, I think he was like producing that Dalmatian group. Dalmatian group. They're getting paid to have a good time, right? And yes, like, oh, yes. I'm, I'm scouting talent at this concert. Let me find out if the A and R get paid to do it. Right? I'm going Come to on. I'm going to SOBs and I'm gonna the ultimate you know. job. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta switch careers. A and R is a nice job to have. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but back to us. Um, he asked his friend, "What's his friend's name?" I'm so sorry. We call him G Mug. Uh, Raheem. Raheem. <laughs> Yeah, Gibby, so Gibby, uh, Gibby uh, Joseph, aka G Mugs, plays Raheem. Yes, Raheem. <laughs> he asked Raheem to cover for him. Uh, I think he has like a conference call coming up because he wants to go on a yeah. date. So I'm like, so you're leaving work early for a yes. date? Where they do that at? Y'all, well, never, yeah. that? Y'all never called out of work for a date? Listen, I'm going to go to work. Like, what am I leaving early for? I'm lucky if I can get a date. No. Get out of here. Get out of here. So Wes is meeting this girl, Anime, who he's been pursuing for over a year. Um, And Raheem's not, he's kind of like, let her go. He's had a lot, he's talked a lot of junk about her. He talks a lot of junk about a lot of things, but (laughs) (laughs) we'll get to that. (laughs) We'll get there. We'll get there. So Wes meets up with anime for this art gallery date, which I thought is so cute. I would love an art gallery date. You've ever been on one? Yeah, the best the best date I ever went on was actually at a museum. Ooh, really? Memories. Because because I think I think that. <laughs> <laughs> nah, for real. I think like I think as a man, and it's gonna sound silly to say it, but like as a guy, you always want to make sure that the person you're going out with is there because they're interested in you genuinely, right? Mm-hmm. And a museum date is the most, like, you got to like somebody to go to a museum with them. That like, is so true. Ain't no, ain't no, like, frills. Like, the museum is nice, but you don't want to be in a museum with someone you don't like. It's not like going to some expensive restaurant where you're like, whatever, I listen to this dude talk 
as long as I'm getting my lobster. Like mm -hmm. a museum, all y'all have to do is have conversation and just be around each other. So yeah. I think that that allowed us, um, in terms of the date, that allowed us to really connect because you can't run out of things to talk about. You just look at the art and mm -hmm. then you talk about the art and then you end up talking about something else. Mm. Yeah, I actually been on a museum date and I forgot about it, but <laughs> it was good though. Now that I'm yeah. thinking about it, see, yeah. see, okay, yeah, that's a good date because exactly like you said, just talking and connecting. And a lot of these galleries, it's like bring your own wine, bring your own, so you can like pull up there with a bottle of wine. Well, not the mm -hmm. fancy ones, like if you're going to like the Whitney Museum or something, then not. Yeah, okay. Yeah, no. But if you're in Soho at like the little walk-in um galleries and stuff, like a lot of those things are bring your own wine. So you can mm -hmm. you can go ahead and grab whatever you like to sip on and just stroll in there and chill. Just buy. Okay. Yes. I love that. Real cute, real cute. What was not cute was that he only had one flower. <laughs> <laughs> when he was like, Oh, sorry, I'm late. I had to pick up this. I said this. <laughs> Which I thought that too, but I was, at the same time, like, do I really want to carry around a bouquet? So, like, you know, it's a single yeah. flower. You know, you know what the you know what the one flower means to me is like, I like you, but like, I don't like you. No, not that oh. I don't like you, but like, you send somebody a bouquet of roses on like their birthday or on like right. something special, but it's like, yo, this is the beginning. Like, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you one. Like, it's almost like here's a taste of what 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 I'm about. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But for him to say, I'm sorry I'm late because of this one flower. <laughs> I think I would have looked at him like, what? You definitely would have been looking at him crazy. That was straight G. That was straight G. That's like, yo, I'm late. Let me pick up a flower right quick. This is like, this cute. This okay. Okay. You know how that goes. But I digress. <laughs> Wait, uh, so this is their first, this is not their first date, right? Or is This it? is like, this is like, Date one point five. Okay. They because hung out before. Now it's a they, date. Exactly. They hung out and then like pretty much what Raheem was saying in the scene before is like, yo, she ghosted you. Like mm. he chilled with oh, this girl. Ghost. She ghosted him. Ghost. That's why he's like, Oh girl, I ghosted you for a year. Cause it's like this is one of those, you know how sometimes you'll meet someone, you chill, it doesn't go anywhere, and then later on y'all kind of like Let's try this again. Let's mm -hmm, see what happens. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm going to pop back up. So. Yeah. so it's that that was the kind of time they was on. Like, okay, <laughs> this is date 1.5 because we kind of had one, but, you know. Now yeah. you got me reflecting on my love life here because I'm, <laughs> I'm usually the ghoster. So I'm like. <laughs> Word, you be ghosting people? Yeah. Yeah, Damn. yeah. Whole yeah. world, man. Hi, my, my, my name ghosting? is Mary and I'm a ghoster. <laughs> I'm a ghoster. <laughs> But we don't really call it ghosting. We call it fading away. Yes, we do a fade so, out. Okay. Fade out. <laughs> fade out. Just slowly fade away. But why? Why is that? You just don't... The closure isn't worth it to you? Closure. Um, whew, what a word. Um, <laughs> just, just fade out is, is, is better because we don't want to hurt nobody's feelings. Wow. And you never know how some guys might react. Some guys are really crazy. So Yeah. So, so you just is is that just I'm leaving you on red? I'm not answering your calls until you get the picture. It's more like a fade out. So I might answer one time. Got gotcha. you. Might not answer the next. I'm just time. gonna piss you off. 
I'm going to yeah. piss you off until you just give up. Until you're just over it. Fading. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, gotcha. It's, it's, it, I'm not proud of the ghosting and the fading. I'm not proud of it. As I'm I get older, I don't want to do this. I feel yeah, like from no. a, from a guy's, younger days. from a guy's standpoint, whenever I'm like, I don't know if I've, if I've been, maybe I was being ghosted. I didn't know it. Maybe, maybe I was being faded out and I didn't yeah. know it. It happened. But You're welcome. It did happen. Letting you know yeah. <laughs> but whenever it's in that, whenever I'm in that kind of thing, I'm just like, yo, what's the hot and cold about? Like, because mm. for me, if you just told me you're not interested, you'll get rid of me a lot faster. Yeah. Than if you're you like, you would think you would, think you would and not answer. But not a lot of guys are direct like that who appreciate yeah. um directness like that. A lot of guys, when you tell them like, I'm not really feeling this, I don't think that yeah, we're good changing. together. I'm they, not changing your mind. Get they they think that you yeah. don't know what you want. Like, yeah, yeah, nah. and they keep trying. They're like, yeah, nah, nah, it's cool. Like, let's just hang out. You know, see where it goes. But you're not listening to me. Until <laughs> yeah. so, and but it, once you explicit for me personally, at least, yeah, when you yeah. explicitly tell me, yo, I'm not interested, then I'll just keep it moving. But if you don't tell me and you act wishy washy, I'm like. Maybe I'm not putting enough effort forward. Maybe, mm. maybe you know, maybe she's just busy, or maybe it's this. So I'm like, all right, let me test the temperature. Let me do something to kind of like see what kind of the vibe really is. So mm-hmm. I'll try to like, you know, I'll try to like maybe invite you on a cool date or something to see. Like, okay, let's see if she's really not messing with me or right. what it is. Yeah. Definitely communication is key. You got to let people know exactly how you feel. But some people listen, some people don't. Facts, facts, facts. Sorry, y'all got to go through that. It's all right. Um, So they're on this day. They're having a good time. They're vibing. And um, they talk about how Wes wants to leave his job. You know, I I started working at a label because I wanted to executive produce the next Tupac or, or, or Biggie. But everybody is afraid to take a risk. You know something crazy? I went to FIT because I wanted to become a celebrity wardrobe stylist. And somehow I found myself three years into a fashion merchandising gig at Macy's where I decorate storefronts featuring garments I wouldn't even recommend to my worst enemy. And that's so real with everyone. Like, you go to school for one thing, then you get stuck in a certain job. And it's like, this is, how did I get here? Right. Like, this is not what I'm even passionate about. So relatable. That's that's the struggle, right? So yes. like, and this is why, like, this is the part of white privilege that a lot of white people don't understand. Right. Is that a lot of us don't have a dad who, like, oh, yeah, he plays golf with Jimmy Iovine. Come work at Interscope Records. Right. Like, right. like most people have to go do the worst intern job for oh like yep. over a year and then get paid bullshit salary mm-hmm. to work at their quote unquote dream job. Yeah. And you you're stuck in two places. Either A, you get in the door and then you get so undervalued and so like underappreciated that you end up hating the thing you loved. Mm-hmm. Or mm-hmm. you just don't yes. even get a, you don't even get an opportunity. You're just on the outside looking out like, yo, right. I don't even know how to get that job. Like, yeah. I, want, I want that job. But I don't even know how to get it. Right. Yeah. So you find other ways to like supplement income because you got to eat. You got to yeah. pay rent. Uh-huh. Uh, and then you get stuck in doing that. So it, it is hard. you give up on that dream. It's like mm-hmm. from outside, looking outside from the window, it's like, oh, well, I can't get to it. So I'm just going to give up. And, and the way we work, right, is you put together a budget and you put together a lifestyle 
And once you become comfortable within that lifestyle, you kind of accept the status quo. So it's like, okay, I can afford to do this once a week. I could afford to do that. I'm kind of comfortable where I'm at. And mm-hmm. you just, you kind of get complacent. Yeah. It's hot out here. <laughs> um, but back to their date, you know, he wants to get a little bit deeper, wants to get to know her more, which you would think is totally fine. Yeah. But her guard for her guard is up. Every question she's like, Are you the FBI? Am I under investigation? Like, <laughs> yes, like why ooh, are you asking this? me questions? I'm like, these are no I mean, I feel like first date questions, you can't get deep. I don't think I would look at a guy crazy like for asking me about my family on the first date. Yeah. Like but you want to get to know me, but she's like, no, you don't need to know that. <laughs> I think I think right, because it depends like what your intention for that person may be. Like mm-hmm. If you know you're just trying to have fun with somebody and they start getting deep, you're like, "Yeah, hey yo, get out of here!" Like I'm, like I'm just trying to have a good time, or right. whatever the case may be. Or you might be hiding from those things, right? Like mm. I'm on this date to ignore my real life, and you're mm. putting a light on, right? Me. Yeah, shine a light on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But she's like, I'm here for a good time, not a long time. What are you doing? Exactly. <laughs> So he does find out that she doesn't know like the heritage of like her mother's side or just her mother's side in general. So he's like, I have an idea. I'm going to take you someplace. Trust me, this will be good. So I'm thinking, ooh, somewhere special, part two to the Mm -hmm. day. I'm like, yes. Yes, I was so impressed. I love part two. His house. (laughs) He said, this is going to be good. (laughs) Why am I here, sir? Talk about trust me. Okay. So we're at his house and he decides to give her an accessory box that he found in his closet, regifting it to her. Yeah. And I'm saying, here, take this. (laughs) You say you don't know, I'm trying to help you. So at first she was kind of like, oh, this is like a little odd, but you know what? She's she's with it. She's kind of impressed by it. Mm -hmm. And um, he's listening. That yes. was he was yes. listening. He's listening and he wants to help her, which is yeah. nice. He likes her. <laughs> this is beautiful. Um, but then he said, you know, the results are going to come back in eight weeks. I'm like, will she even be around in eight weeks? <laughs> You're getting ahead of yourself. Right. Yeah. This girl goes that's, a fact. that's a fact. How, this is his way of trying to make her make sure she stick around. <laughs> I'm locking you in. There's a lot there. So, so she does DNA test. He, she's like, she's with it. So that kind of like gave him points and everything. And, you know, she asked him to play some music. They vibe out and they try to get it in. And she's like, Nacho, I like to take things slow. And he's like, all right, cool. I, I guess, you know, he feel away, but he's not like making her know that he feel away initially yeah. anyway. Yeah. I think you have to like, as a guy, especially like a girl's, and when it when it's like the vibe is right, and then a girl's like, nah, it's just like Don't you understand. You? No, you understand, but you're like your body is telling you one thing, and your mind. It's almost like whiplash. R. Kelly. Just say my mind is telling you. me no. <laughs> nah, but you go through that thing where it's like whiplash, where it's like, damn, okay. Got it. You're trying to process what you heard, but your body is still like, 
you know, the chemicals that be and, you know, they're like, yo, what's up? We here. Let's yeah, get it. Yeah. Mm. So sometimes you have that interior battle where it's just like, all right, how do yeah. I not, how do I not act super horny in this moment? <laughs> <laughs> well, and I feel like that's like a, a, a debate of do guys look at women differently if she has sex with him on a first date worth of waiting, like a timeline? Like you as a guy, do you look at women differently if they're like, oh, first date, let's do it? Um, I would like to, like the PC answer would be like, no, I'm not going to judge you. I'm not judging you. We want the you. real here. We want Just the real. do what you're going to do. Like, so I had a whole IG, Um, I did an IG live, like I have an IG live series called Decoding Anime. Yes. So they're all on my IGTV. But I had Jesse Wu on to talk about this topic. Mm -hmm. We pretty much break down like the topics we've been discussing. We break down each of them in IG Live. Mm. So Jesse Wu was just like, yo, some of my best relationships, like we got right to it. Like I just mm. wanted to do it. We did it. We got right to it. For me personally, if I get if if it gets there quickly, I start to I start to pause and be like, wait, I'm not um, narcissistic enough to be like. I'm the only one she's ever done it this quickly with. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. I'm also not asking you about your numbers or what you've been doing. Like, I just don't believe in asking those kind of questions. Mm -hmm. But when I'm left to assume, now I'm just kind of like, damn, like, is she doing this with other people right now? Right. Be, like, how, like, I'm starting to wonder those type of things about, um, about, just her lifestyle, you know what wow. I mean? Because, mm -hmm. and it, any, it's not saying that the lifestyle is wrong, but the lifestyle might not be for me. You mm -hmm. see what I'm saying? So that's my thing is that um, I like to believe that when I'm going there with somebody that I'm the only person that she's going there with at the, at the current moment. Right. Um, that might not always be true or it might not have always been true in my lifetime, but you know, I try to put myself in those situations. So mm -hmm. when you get yourself, when I find myself having to wonder, like, damn, am I the only person and blah, 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 blah. Like then it's, it becomes a little bit problematic for me. A little bit. It's oh, not yeah. like, uh, you just start pondering, huh? <laughs> yeah. You just start wondering like, damn, like, hmm. um, you know, the joke that, that guys always say, and it's a bad joke, but, the joke that guys always say, like, yo, what's the whole facts? Oh, wow, like that. <laughs> oh, mm -hmm. so now it's just like, it's a weird thing too now in this new age where it's like, you meet a girl, you follow her, you see three of your boys that might be savages mm -hmm. are following her. And now you're like, they follow each other. Ugh. Wow. Mm -hmm. Ugh. <laughs> Crazy. So, yeah. So that's the worst thing. Like, you guys, you have, you might have that. And then now y'all got to it quick. And now you're like, hold on a second. We got to it quick. Three of my savage friends, y'all following each other. He's liking all your pictures. Like now I'm starting to get paranoid. I'm like, yo, what's going on here? But like, as a guy, like, like if you're thinking about like, okay, oh, what, what is her life about? But why are you even like trying it on the first date if you're going to like question her motives? That's the stupid thing, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> That's the dumb thing is like, you go for it, you go for it. And then if like you get it, 
it's not even like a test, but it's like a, it's just like a such a back ass backwards thing where it's like it's the rush, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's a double standard, right? Because you you uh, gave up the D ASAP, and you're not looking inward at yourself like right. am I a hoe? But you're looking <laughs> at her like is she a thought? Like yeah, here. So it's a bad double standard. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nasty. It's very nasty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's hard to it's hard that's why i said it's like i could say the pc thing but in life i i choose to be honest so no and that's what I we do here we appreciate we honesty yeah for sure some people will be like f him he's judgmental but it's not even like that you know i personally think all guys think that they just don't want to say it mm. um i actually have like some really close friends that are just like i don't care you know what mm-hmm. i'm saying like you ever heard that little wayne song um, prostitute flange. Um, no. So no, he no, made no. this song about Corinne Stephens, aka Ooh. Superhead, mm-hmm. and he's singing, and he's pretty much like, "I wouldn't care if you were a prostitute or if you slept with every man that you ever knew." So he's pretty much saying, "Like, I don't care about your bodies." You like, talking about Usher or Lil Wayne? <laughs> Lil Wayne. <man. laughs> okay. Because <laughs> I, I know Usher got a song like that. Yeah, nah. Don't Lil mind. Wayne called Prostitute. Oh, don't mind. Flange. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, don't mind is more about you could be a stripper and I don't, yeah, care. And he don't care. But Little Wayne is literally saying, if you're a prostitute, I don't care. Like, it's forever just me and you. He's mm-hmm. it's like a sweet song. Like he's crooning <laughs> and singing in auto tune. So romantic. So yeah. romantical. I mean, they call a superhead for a reason. What can I say? <laughs> so there's some guys like that. Um, mm-hmm. so I wouldn't say all, I would say a majority, maybe, yeah. But, yeah. But I, I personally have some male friends that are just like, I'm that nigga, so mm. she sleeps with me right away. That's because I'm nice. Mm. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> my boy just wrote on my, on my Instagram the other day, he was like, he has a three date rule. If by the third date he's not getting some, he's out. What he's honest. Yep. But what happened to sex being like sacred or just something like special? Soul ties, like, like why that's, is that's it? how I feel. That's how I feel. Yeah, it just feels like you know it's we want to have good sex, but at the same time, like I don't want to go to a party and then it's like a bunch of your bodies around me and mm. it's like mm-hmm. this dude and that dude and that dude and none had some and. They all looking at me laughing like, oh, look at this guy. No, nobody wants that. <laughs> nobody wants that. Yeah, no. Look at this guy. Look at this guy. We've all been like, and even you guys, I'm sure you've been in an event where it's like there's a woman that's notorious for doing this and doing that. And then you see this like good dude that's wifing her up and you're just like, mm. oh, if only he knew. If only you know. <laughs> that's why you gotta do your research. You got to. You gotta. That's why I said it's a bad joke, but you gotta check the whole facts. You gotta. So, so back to the film. Wes, you know, the next day he goes to talk to Raheem. I'm not really sure why he keeps going to this man, but <laughs> <laughs> that's the homie, I guess. And um, you know, he says, you know, she checks. She checks out all the boxes. She could be. Re- she could really be wifey, but you know, I'm not feeling this whole like taking it slow stuff. But you know, he really does like her. Yeah. And Raheem doesn't understand. He's like, what? When you say take it slow, uh, what, what do you mean? <laughs> you mean you didn't butter the biscuit? You didn't fly the kite? You didn't capture the flag? <laughs> oh my! You said you didn't butter the biscuit? 
<laughs> How old is Raheem talking like this? <laughs> I think he's that. Uh, I think we. I think he's uh he has like that that timeless soul where it's just like mm. I I don't know if you guys have a friend like that in your life who just says weird like euphemisms and shit you just be like what what the hell are you talking about mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. so I think he's one of those guys where it's just like he'll be saying stuff that you ain't never heard you're like wait what's going on here mm-hmm. why is mm-hmm. what are you talking about now is he Muslim um yeah you can say that. You could say okay. So I thought all Muslims like they they don't believe in premarital sex, but he was like, You ain't butter the biscuit. Um, I think you might be thinking about black Israelites. Mm. Okay. So black Israelites don't believe in premarital sex because okay. they don't want to perpetuate the they don't want to perpetuate the um, single black mother, baby mama mm. lifestyle. Mm-hmm. So they don't believe in premarital sex because they're trying to end that chain. Mm-hmm. So, yes, there are some people. The only reason I know that is because um, the last project I worked on, one of the editors that I worked closely with was a black Israelite. And mm-hmm. he was he was schooling me. My boy, Yuri, he was schooling me. We went to a Miami Heat game and I'm like, because we were working on a Dwayne Wade um, documentary. So we go to this Miami Heat game. They hooked us up with tickets and. I'm like, yo, look at these women. And he's like, bro, put your put your um put your blinders on, man. He's like, I don't look at that. I don't look at that. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> and he was like, nah, nah, I don't look at that. And then he started kicking game to me pretty much. Mm-hmm. And I was like, damn. I was like, yo, I respect it. Yeah. Yeah. But it ain't for me, though. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a butter the biscuit, you know. Yeah, what I mean? butter. <laughs> <laughs> My research is based off 90 Day Fiance. All the Muslims, they all say like no sex before marriage. So. I think there's, I think there's like a, a spectrum of mm. Muslims, you know. Mm. So. Okay, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, um, Raheem just ends up getting these crazy ideas into his head, trying to define her, which I was not feeling. Like, he's saying mm. she's a virgin. She must have another dude that's handling her. Like, got him really thinking. And um, this kind of changes uh, West's perspective. Yeah. And now he, he kind of has, like, an attitude. Right. He's like, I'm he a cut her off. You better believe that. I'm a cut her off. I'm a handle that. I'm a handle that. that. <laughs> Like, what if she literally just wants to wait? Like, calm down, sir. And I'm trying what, to make all these ideas about her. Right. What What really threw me off is like, Wes never thought of these things before. Like, What's a whole year. Wes don't be thinking. <laughs> Wes is not using brain. He's not a thinker. He's not a thinker. He's not He's a, a worker. He's not a thinker. It's just. It's, it's hard to love and think, right? Ain't it? You can't do both at the same time. It's yeah. hard, right? Uh-huh. Ain't it? Because when you get out that shit, you'd be like, I was doing some dumb right? shit. Right. Like, that was me. Like, what the hell was going on? Why didn't I stop and think for like 10 minutes? <laughs> All he needed. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it, it just goes to that thing where, um, and I like I said, like you guys were just schooling me about the whole ghosting thing. It's like sometimes guys be on the other end of it and they're just like, yo, I don't know what's going on through her head. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. And as much as guys think they know, they don't know. So that's yeah, what the, that's so the scene represents yeah. is like a guy being so sure he knows what's going on when he has no idea what's going no on. Clue. No clue. Zero. 
Yeah. But that's mm-hmm. really how people be moving, right? They be mm-hmm. like, yeah. oh, yeah. Nah, she's just trying to, uh, uh, she just doing this. She trying to use your money, dog. Like, she yeah. just sees you got the lifestyle. She using you. Yeah. Boom. Mm-hmm. And that's listening to your friends stuff. That's why a lot of people mm-hmm. keep their relationship private and don't tell their friends anything because your friend will like alter your decision making. Yeah. yeah. Good or bad. bad. Mm-hmm. It's a mm-hmm. delicate balance because it's like you want outside perspective. Yeah, you want to share. You don't want your perspective tainted because it's like, yeah. you know, you, you have certain friends. Yeah. Certain friends are going to do stuff that you would never do. So they're telling mm-hmm. you, do this or do that or yada yada yada. For example, I was dating a, um, well, I want to say dating. I was talking to somebody. Wow, who he, he diminished it. He said, "Don't put it at dating. We're down uh, at talking." I just, I don't know. I don't know. You could call it. You could call it whatever you Did want. Did y'all go we, out on dates? We went out on like a date. A date. Two. Okay. Yeah, yeah maybe we'll go. Okay, we'll take it. Yeah, I think we went on like two dates okay but this woman was uh vegan and pretty much she was just like yo i'm not gonna sleep with a guy that's not a vegan oh wow and my boy was like yo just go vegan for a month (laughs) (laughs) and then bounce and i was like nah nah that's doing way too much like i'm not like i'm changing my i'm changing my diet just to like lay down with someone nah we're not doing that so you can't touch this if you don't get touched. Yeah, I was, and I was <laughs> worried. I'm like, okay, all right. Uh, okay, that's different. I mean, she she knows what she wants. She has her standards. Yeah, I mean, I heard I heard Maya say the same thing, right? She said really? that she was uh, she tried to date one of her friends, and she said that he was going to kiss her, and she could smell the dead animals. Okay. On the okay. <laughs> okay. Sure. Let's let's take it down a notch there. (laughs) She said the dead, like dead animals. Wow. And and the thing, the the most ironic thing about it is, I'm damn near vegan now. So Mm. it's like I'll I'll do something for the lifestyle. Like if you want to put me on to something, put me on to it. But don't like give me an ultimatum. Like Mm, yo, you gotta stop doing this for this. Nope. Yeah. Now I don't want it. Yeah. Mm. You're not gonna tell me what to do. Well, <laughs> so um, anime surprises Wes at his job. He got she scored tickets to the Commodores. You know they love that. They got they both got old souls, mm-hmm. so they're excited to go have a great time. She took him out, walked him home. She's a true gentle lady. Okay, so true, true gentle true. lady. <laughs> they get to his spot and she pulls out her phone to call an Uber. He's like, what's going on? What are you doing? She's like, I'm calling my Uber. He's like, for why? Like, sir, I want to go home. Yeah, what you thought? <laughs> I'm going home. And he confronts her about wanting to take it slow. Like, he don't understand English. And he says, I really like you, man. And... I'm okay with waiting and and taking it slow, but you got to help me understand what exactly are we waiting for? First of all, you're lying because you're not okay with it. Right. You're you're not okay with it. And what if she's waiting until, like, you guys make it official or marriage? Like, calm down. This is date one. Calm down. Take two. Well, at this point, point, they've been dating for a couple months. That's what he was telling Raheem. Oh, at this, okay. It's been a couple months. Since and the art gallery. Yeah. We didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. 
That's why he's like, yo, it's Still been a couple confident. months. I can't be out here choking the chicken every night. So he's just mm. like, you know, that's a lot of okay. self. It's a lot of self love happening right now. I okay, I guess he's frustrated. Very, sure. oof, but you're not okay frustrated. With it. Um, <laughs> he's not okay with it. He's big mad. Yes. Well, what, what can she do? Like, she can't dumb it down for you anymore. She said, "Take it slow." Like, yeah, that's it. Just respect it. But he, mm-hmm. he's like, "Nah, I'm not really feeling this." So she said, "You know, if you're not okay with that, then maybe it is best that we just go our separate ways." And that's Deuces. what they end up doing. Deuces. I gotta go. So, question for you: If you go. guys were dating a man, mm-hmm. and you say you guys were dating for like three, four months, and he just never like tried to have sex with you. And then you were like, yo, what's up? Like, I want it, blah, blah, blah. And he was like, yo, I like to take it slow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You guys would just respectfully just be like, okay, cool. That's, yes. for me, actually, that's ideal. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> Listen, we keep it real. We keep it real. Listen, already know. I'm waiting till marriage, like, full record. Oh, shit. Waiting oh, for marriage. So mm-hmm. if a guy tells me I'm taking this, I'm like, where have you been all my life? <laughs> like, that's what I want. Yeah, that's, <laughs> Take uh, that's, it slow. that's what's up. I respect that. Yeah, yes, I'm waiting as well, but not for marriage. It's for love. Like, I've never been in love, so I would not want to share my body with anybody. So that's ideal for me as well. Wait, wait. wait. Mm-hmm. Are you telling me that you both <laughs> have never butted the biscuit? I have not. <laughs> you have not butted You ain't fly the kite? I didn't fly the kite. <laughs> Hey, capture the flag, <laughs> Raheem. Have a seat, Raheem. Please leave us alone. Yes, yes, wow. that's correct. That's crazy. See, you guys have it good because I always tell people until you get it, you don't really yearn for it. Mm-hmm. Like the before and the after is a whole other lifestyle. It's like, it's almost like crack. Like once you have a- That's what I see. Once you get a hit, once you you roll up- It's almost like crack. Yeah, like you see how like, if you, I don't know if you guys are familiar with like DMX- I don't know if you guys had crack before about that. No, 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 Never, sir. You guys haven't, you guys haven't even had the proverbial crack. So I can't even use- (laughs) But DMX, um, his blunt when he was young, his blunt was laced with crack, and that's why he's had drug addiction all these uh, years. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think a lot of the dudes that be like, "Yeah, hey, I lost my virginity when I was nine, those are the damn sex addicts today. Mm-hmm. Because like, you, you poor thing. Whenever I hear stories like that, I'm like, you don't even yeah. know. Right. Like, you don't oh, even my know. Babysitter. I'm like, sir, that was rape. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you know that. Yeah, that was violation. Yeah. Yeah. But it's different for guys. That's that's looked at as like a badge of honor as opposed to like if a girl said, oh, I lost my virginity from my uncle or something like that. Like, yeah. For for a guy to say like, oh, I lost my virginity at the age of nine to my babysitter. Then they're like, oh. Yeah. yeah, I have have friends that he's like, yo, I I, I had a friend who used to brag about like, yo, I got head when I was eight. And it was like oh him getting molested. And I'm like, Yeah, you don't no, even you know. Got, you got molested. You didn't, you didn't get yes. you got molested. <laughs> I think you know that. They don't even know. Yeah, that's that's the sad part. It is, it is. Sure. <sighs> but yeah, it's definitely I definitely get the crack metaphor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. I'm I'm telling you, like the moment that you cross that threshold. It's just, it's so weird how your body just changes and it's like, mm-hmm. you just have to have it. It's crazy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But we chilling. <laughs> um, 
Hey, we <laughs> I respect it. Um, so Wes, it's so at this point when they have the party, it's a year from now, right? How much time oh, no. has passed? So I feel like oh, from here until the till the party, it's been about yeah. a year. Okay, yeah. okay. So he's still at Atlantic. All that talk he was talking at the art gallery was just talk. Like he ain't going nowhere because money talks. So, so he didn't want to walk. Right. Period. So they gave him, you know, a deal. Like, listen, you do this, you could EP a whole album. So this is what I wanted. I'm gonna just stay. So so um anime ends up being there. He didn't even know she was invited. He was mad, but he was happy to see her. Like, cut right. it out. You uh, just trying to show off in front of your boys. I'm out of so uh-huh. Sure. So they get to flirting, they're back to their old ways. He offered to get her a drink. And I'm thinking <laughs> Atlantic don't got open bar. Yeah, Esso, what's this? I said, let me get you a drink. I said, what? That's the that's the stunt, right? That's the stunt where it's an open bar. You be like, let me get you a drink. Let me get you a drink. Uh, I'm like, but it's open bar. Remember, this is the this is the one rose man, you know. Yes. Okay, I'm it's all about it. it's all about the presentation. Ah. It's not about the actual. It's like, oh, I'm a I'm a order your drink for you, even though it's an open bar. You gotta just make it. You got to make it feel like you're doing something. You know what I'm saying? Ah, okay, okay. I see you, Wes. I see you've been doing this, sir. <laughs> right, right. Greg, this is what Greg's been doing. I'm about to open the bar. Tell him all his secrets. Right. <laughs> you're like, whatever you want. It's on me. But you're it's like, Casa Gould. They don't got that. <laughs> <laughs> they got, uh, what's what they serving? Bacardi Gold. That's what they got. Ah, uh, they got that. You can have it with ginger ale, Sprite, Coke. Anything you want. Yeah. It's on me. One of them, th- one of them three mixes. <laughs> <laughs> so they have a good time. Like they're dancing all night, booed up, hmm. looking into each other's eyes. So they end up at his place again. And she finally reveals the secret she's been holding from him. You waited a whole fucking year to tell me? Two years? I'm sorry. This is not something I just tell people on a first date. Hi, Wes. Nice to meet you. My name is Anime. I have her. How about the second? What about the third? The fourth? The ten? I mean, I lost count. His reaction, he is pissed off. He is, it shocked her. Yeah. Like, they both feel betrayed. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you said that they both feel betrayed because, yeah. um, it was very important to me that people don't misconstrue it as him being mad at her for having the disease. He's more mad that she didn't trust him enough to tell him the secret. Like he's, he's more like, what the, like, why haven't you shared this with me? Which Mm -hmm. is not even, I'm not saying that he's right for that standpoint, but that's what his standpoint is. It's more, yo, why the hell didn't you tell me? You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. They both well, felt betrayed and they both were almost like selfish in a way. Um, for him, because of his reaction, he was like, to me, it, it, come, it came off like he was only thinking about himself. And mm-hmm. it wasn't easy for her to say that to him. So no. for him to respond that way, like, I think that was like a bit selfish of him. And then for her yeah. to omit that information and still be entertaining him was a bit selfish. Um, yeah, they both they both had some rights and wrongs. I think uh, I think West probably crossed the line. Yeah, a little bit yeah. More than, than and it's, 
Yeah. It just goes to show also, I feel like if anime, he was like, oh, why? what about the first day, the second day? If he, if she told him on the first day, he, I feel like he would have dubbed her. Yeah. You never know. Maybe. For sure. It's possible. It's possible. Yeah. The but, way he's reacting now. So can I, can I ask you guys a personal question? Yeah. Go ahead. Um, and you guys, as you guys date, how long does it take you to tell a guy that you're saving yourself? Um, I think for me, I don't say anything until it comes up. So you don't yeah. say nothing until he starts reaching for your zipper. <laughs> but then I also don't put myself in those situations. Like, <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute. No, I don't put myself in a situation like I'm not really going to your house. I'm not letting you in my house. Like, mm-hmm. so you I- haven't you haven't had the awkward like dude sends you a crazy picture and you're oh, like, yeah. whoa, not that kind of party. Yeah, like when I was like in my younger twenties, he was sending this boy, my boyfriend at the time was sending me like naked pictures. And I was like, I was acting like I didn't receive it. I was like, oh, I don't know the picture. Wait, he didn't. Through. He didn't know. <laughs> I was like, I don't know, maybe something wrong with my phone. I was like, it's on my phone. Wait, and but he, he didn't know that you that you Yeah, he he knew like uh probably, I don't know if that was after or before, but he did know and then he said like, Oh, he respected it and liked that about me. Like I we I know for me, I never had any negative reactions to it. It's always like, Wow, like Same. I like that. Like yeah. that's crazy. Yeah. I, I, mean, I respect that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think for sure. Yeah. I think it's mm-hmm. Sorry. The only time you'll get an adversely negative response is if a guy was just trying to get in and get out. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, yeah. Jesus Christ. Like, yeah. well, like the hell? Well, I, uh-huh. And that happened before, like, a guy I was texting with a guy I used to talk to. And it got to the point where he was kind of like, oh, I'm just kind of looking for friends with benefits. And I was just like, well, you're not going to find that here. Mm-hmm. And that was the last conversation we had, like. You don't, you got I got friendship. I don't got no benefits. Yeah, I ain't got no benefits for you, bro. Benefit package is lacking. <laughs> well, like if it comes up, I just I don't have a problem with saying like I don't hide it. Yeah. Um but uh it's it, it can get like can you do get nervous of what the reaction will be? Like will they look at you crazy? Especially like at our age, it's kind of like what's what is going the on? longest you've dated someone without telling them? Um, I feel like I always divulge that information like pretty early on in the dating mm-hmm. phase, not so much the talking phase. Like, like, has it gone a month? No, I think it's been no. before that. So, so, so think about the perspective of that, right? Mm-hmm. Like, think about even though it's two different, you know, truths, think about the perspective of telling somebody within a month and telling somebody a year after they've been courting you, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. So, oh, we totally per- get why he's upset because yeah. she has been like hopping in and out of his life. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think when you're just left in the dark for so long mm-hmm. and you just feel dumb. I date, I dated a girl, um, that was a virgin, and this this was at a point that we were, um, pretty well into our 20s. Mm-hmm. And when she, um, when she told me, I was just like, oh, okay, cool. And the the thing that I felt bad about was that I knew her for a long time leading up to then. And I was just thinking of all the inappropriate jokes I might have made in her presence, not knowing and things like that. So that was Mm -hmm. like more so I was just kind of like, oh, I probably said so many dumb things. (laughs) 
<laughs> in conversation yeah. that I that you would ultimately wish you could take back that you right. Could. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that's good mm-hmm. that you like recognize like what you did or like um where you were wrong in, in a sense. Yeah. I mean like some people don't. <laughs> mm-hmm. So that's good that you did recognize like, oh, I shouldn't have said that kind of joke or something like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So with her, did she tell you like when y'all was in the midst of like making out, or just was it just That's a exactly conversation? What it yeah. was like we, it was literally like the first time we ever kissed, and then she was just like, "Boom!" I'm a, and I was like, "Okay, got it." <laughs> but the way she said it was as if she thought I was gonna try to rip her clothes off or something, and I was like, I wasn't even on that type of time. <laughs> <laughs> like, whoa. <laughs> nah, literally, I wasn't even on that type of time because it was like, yo, this is this was a new thing. Like, mm-hmm. I wasn't like just trying to get to it. So when she told me it, I was like, oh, did you think I was trying to like? But I think she was smart for that because she probably was just like, yo, I don't want to be making out with this dude for however many minutes, and yeah. then he's you know doing this or doing that. Mm-hmm. Like, so I could totally understand that. How long yeah. did you guys um, date after? She had told you. Mm, it was a long time, and oh. and 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 we didn't we didn't go there. And that was my choice for us not going there. But it was probably like mm, it was more than six months. Let's say mm-hmm. that. Yeah, it was, okay. It was definitely it was probably between like six months and a year, like maybe like eight months, nine mm-hmm. months, like that type of period of time. Okay. Yeah, it's a tricky situation, but like I said, yeah, no one has any negative responses to it. Which is yeah, good. I, think, I think if you're transparent about why you're doing it, what you're doing mm-hmm. it for, then if I'm just looking for fun, then I'm just going to um, respectfully dismiss myself because I'm going to be yeah. like, you know, I'm not, you know, why, why am I going to waste your time? Exactly. Like, or you're looking for this and this is what I'm offering at this point in time. Mm-hmm. So I might as well not waste your time. And then if you're looking for something greater, then you're like, boom, this is some shit I've been looking for my whole life. Right. Right. You know? So, so that's why I kind of feel like anime, maybe she should have told Wes. Cause that way, if he was going to dub her, it wouldn't, it would have saved her time wasted anyway. Mm-hmm. Cause the right guy for her will be like understanding, will be more willing to do like the work, the research. Like Ooh, let's get into the research. First of all. Okay. <laughs> So he ends up telling his um, dumb friend Raheem, but in this case, he's not dumb because Wes is, seems like the idiot because he said she doesn't even look like the type. Like, sir, what the hell does the right. type look like? Even his friend is like, say what now? Yeah. What the fuck? And even Wes is like, yeah, you right. Like, what are you saying? You just Raheem. talk. I think that's Raheem's redeeming moment, right? Yeah, 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 like, yeah, yeah. Yes. As as ignorant as he is, he has a line where it's like, "Come on, man." Yeah, yeah. Like, I might joke around and say this, that, but like that was, you know, that was across the line. Yeah. And mm-hmm. but but this is the realistic mind state that people move around with, right? All the people in the world having raw sex, mm-hmm. they don't ever ask people if they no if they have something. Nope. They don't ask them mm-hmm. for tests they just assume because this person's good looking mm. that that they're clean yeah. and um ironically enough after we shot the film and um we were on the film festival circuit that's when the whole usher rumors started mm. going around and i thought it was very interesting because i'm reading the comments and seeing 
people's reactions and stuff like that was very interesting because people think that a guy like Usher can't, um, how would Usher, like you, in your mind, it was, people were struggling to understand the thought of does he or does he not have it? And, you know, to this day, he's never really addressed it. Mm -hmm. And the thing that I respected about him not addressing it, and I didn't take him not addressing it as a confirmation that he has it, but I took him not addressing it to be more so, and I could be wrong, but I feel like if I was in the situation and someone accused me of having it and I knew I didn't have it, I wouldn't come out and speak down on it. Like it's just, oh my God, no, I don't. Because at the end of the day, there's, one in every four people have this thing. So mm. I'm not going to come out and bash it. Y'all be negative all y'all want. The mm-hmm. only person I have to let know if I got it or not is the people that I'm sleeping with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So at the end of the day, like two days ago, they just said Usher's expecting his yeah. third kid, yeah. his girl. Mm-hmm. So if he does have it, he obviously had to have that conversation with her. Right. Which mm-hmm. is very interesting because the only way you can have a child is through unprotected sex. Yes. So Either she's decided she doesn't care that he has it and decided to go there, or he doesn't have it. We don't know, but and it's not you know, our business. Was, it's hey. not our business. Hey. But I, I just think it's um, I just thought it was interesting. Like after we had the film already done and going mm-hmm. on the circuit, yeah. seeing the general public react, yeah. you had a lot of that ignorance that was mm-hmm. being perpetuated. So yeah. that's that's a realistic thought process that a lot of people have. They look yep. at it like only dirty and this that mm-hmm. the third people have mm-hmm. it and it's absolutely not true yeah and there's so many levels to it like there's like certain you don't get like outbreaks or like reactions to it like certain some people things. are asymptomatic some yeah. people never get a symptom in their life so mm-hmm. they can have it and just not know right not exactly <laughs> i can't <describe. laughs> <laughs> So Raheem does end up telling him, you know, there are precautions, precautions, precautions available if you educate yourself. And yes. you would think that Wes having this job would be educated or try to do more research, but he doesn't seem like the more level-headed person out of the two, which mm-hmm. I was confused about. <laughs> <laughs> so um, Tyler comes in and he's talking about this girl group that no one wants to take a chance on, but uh, Bruno did, and now they're like the number one trending. And the fact that no one wants to take a risk because they were a liability, it had him thinking like, oh, shoot. I'm, I'm acting like the label. <laughs> I wanted to take a risk with anime. So he runs out of work. Again, not working. Missing yep. calls. <laughs> Again. Yep. He said, Raheem, you got me? Raheem said, nope. <laughs> <laughs> so he comes to senses and calls anime over to his place to start Apollo Lion. That's what he did. Tell me, wait, break that down for me. I Apollo like that. Apollo Lion. So that's when you apologize. It sounds like lies. an apology. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But you don't really mean what you're talking about. So Ooh. it sounds good. But sounds it's real lies. good. It's just All lies. lies. All lies. Interesting. <laughs> yes. Learn to hear first. Yes. Um, <laughs> so... He finally, he says, like, I can't put myself in that situation, but at the same time, I can't deny these feelings. You know, maybe down Look, I get it if you can't handle this. And I really like you, but I am not just going to sit around waiting for herpes to go in style or for you to have a change of heart. This is who I am. 
Yes. You want me? You got to take all of me. So she pours her heart out and she's like, you know what? I'm out of here. Then he pulls her up close and they end up staring at each other. And you already know about to go down. Mm -hmm. So he's like, you know what? Let's take a chance. So they start, start it up, start it up. And he disappoints again. Wasting her time. Wasting his time. He couldn't (laughs) do it. He heard her. And she's sitting there, she's laying there trembling. You hurt my girl like that. I'm sorry, 2004. Like, get out of here. Ruben stuttered the most. Ruben stuttered. Why am I here? Come on. When y'all saw Uber. Can I, can you (laughs) talk? You going to validate this Uber? Like, my Uber's downstairs. When when y'all saw um, the ending, how did it hit y'all? I wanted to slap him in the face. I did. Honestly, I thought like, okay, this is going to be ending where he's like, you know what? Because when he had that light bulb moment, I'm like, yeah. okay, he's ready to take the risk. He's with it. He woke he, up. He apologized. He claims yes. he did research. Yes. So I thought I was disappointed because I'm like, dang. Will anime find love? Mm. Mm. Great question. I want to know. Question. I want to know. Um. You know, one of the things that, you know, you guys pointed out the fact that, you know, Blue Note taking the risk set this light bulb off, right? Yeah. And um, one of the things I always ask people to look at is the fact that on the first date with Anime and West, date 1.5 with Anime and West, he talks about how everybody's scared to take a risk at the label. And that's why. Mm. And now in, in the end of the film, he is the guy who's scared to take the risk. Mm. Now, ask yourself this, a year has passed. Did he ever leave the label? No. He's been afraid of risk. So, so this is a, this is more telling about where he is as a man in his, in his maturation process than it is about her, you know? This man, somebody who's Life terrified. safe, like to stay safe. Yeah, he's, he's all tall. He's, he's all tall. He thinks he's about the risk, but he mm. doesn't know how to take the risk. Mm. No, come on. And and that's that's why in life there's these things that we call regrets. So oh. he may have many of them at the end of his life, or maybe yeah, yeah, yeah. maybe he'll turn around at some point and redeem himself for some of these regretful transactions that have occurred, mm. but. At this point in his life, he hasn't taken a risk on shit. Yeah. He's, he likes to be safe, likes to be comfortable. He's content. Yeah. Wow. So let's get into a, just a few questions, comments, and concerns. Yes, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. So, Greg, you know, this is a very, like, taboo topic, a traumatic um, experience that these characters are going through and everything, but just can you just walk us through a little bit, like how the plot for anime came about and um, how you started it? All right, so it's it sounds like a cliche to say thing to say where you're like, yo, I want I want people to have conversations, right? Mm-hmm. But you know, just like at the start of this conversation, we were talking about um, these black films, like The Best Man, where it's like you have to deal with forgiving the person you love like are you going to forgive this awful thing that this person did to you where they slept with your best friend are you 
are you able to forgive and go live with your loved one? Or are you going to call the whole damn wedding off? You know what I mean? Mm. And he, um, he half forgave, right? He, he kind of, whatever the equivalence of forgiveness and lie, like how y'all said Apollo lie, mm-hmm. like he did that where in Best Man Holiday, 20 years later, the dude is still holding on to that. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Like, so um, a big part of my mind state when I wanted to create a love story, um, a lot of what I write about is, you know, romance and human connections and love. And I wanted to create a love story that that really, at the end of the day, asked the question, are you willing to love someone to the point of their absolute tragic flaw? So if you met your soulmate and this person had infidelity issues, everything about them's perfect, but mm. they were <laughs> they couldn't remain loyal. Are you willing no. to walk away from your soulmate? Yeah. You know soulmate? that no one hey, name my soulmate. Well, <laughs> well, you see, that's the thing, right? We all define the concept of it so differently. Like there's some people where I always ask them, do they believe in a soulmate? Like mm-hmm. I, I spent a long time asking people that, do you believe in a soulmate? And then some people would tell me, yeah, I believe in a soulmate, but I don't think you're going to necessarily end up with your soulmate. Mm-hmm. And that was, that was a powerful thought to me where it's yeah, like, yeah. yo, are you going to end up with your soulmate? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like at the end of the day, can we all say we're going to end up with our soulmate? Mm, maybe we met maybe we met our soulmate maybe we blew it maybe we did something dumb maybe the timing wasn't right so i really want to ask a question that um i felt like i felt like the easy way to go is a life or death thing right where Mm -hmm. it's like would you die for your love like romeo and juliet Mm -hmm. but that's a little Mm -hmm. bit too extreme right because it it's to the next level so we're asking you about something like raheem says it ain't going to kill you. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it's not even a life or death commitment that he has to make. And that's what I think makes this conversation great is yeah. like, yo, are you willing to accept something? If you're fell in love with someone and they were a Trump supporter, mm. is that a deal breaker? Are you going to cast Ooh. them out for life? Or are you going to make a way to, you know, these are the things. So it's like, what are we going to use as the vehicle to ask that overall question. How am I going to ask you guys, are you willing to love someone past the point of whatever their, you know, mm-hmm. quote, unquote, quote unquote flaw is? Um, mm. that's a, right? That's a good like conversation starter. It's yeah. Like even when you get married, like through thick and thin and sick of, you know, sick of whatever the marriage <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, you want to be someone's wife, you don't know the word. Word, right? Damn, <laughs> damn she said whatever they say. Whatever they, whatever they say. <laughs> but you really have to think like how much you're going to take mm-hmm. or go through. That so, is yeah, that, that is that, so yeah, that, that was really... And then I wanted it to be contemporary and I wanted people to be able to relate to them. People that are just like Western anime in the plot where it's like, yo, that's me. Like I'm, I'm, this is very much a story about people that don't have many facets of their life together. So, you know, and the thing that's beautiful about that is we've all been at a point where we didn't have our life together. 
there's no one who's ever been at a point of their life where they didn't have everything together. So that makes it a universal film. Yeah. What was the biggest challenge creating this film? Whew, the biggest challenge creating this film, you know, I did this film 100% independently. Um, so, you know, I paid for everything out of my own pocket. Um, I wrote the film, I directed it, I edited it. Um, I did the casting for it. Um, so everything was, you know, 100% done um, in an independent um, landscape. And that was a challenge in itself because, you know, budget-wise, there's certain things that I wanted to do. There's certain things I had to take out of the script. Mm -hmm. There's certain scenes that would look a little bit different if Universal Pictures gave me a million dollars to shoot it. You know, even the fact that I had to say to myself, okay, how do I tell this film in about an hour's worth of time? You know, um, the the industry says anything longer than 40 minutes is a feature length film, mm. but, but, and this is a, a 50 minute film, but, you know, um, theoretically speaking, we think of 75 minutes or more as a movie. Like if right. I wanted to, put a movie in a theater, you know, the, the audience would be expecting at least 75 minutes mm -hmm. to 90 minutes, you know, or more. So in my mind, I'm like, how do I tell this story in, in an hour, you know, and, and say a lot in a little bit of time. So the challenge, the biggest challenge was being concise and, you know, like kind of getting these messages out without having the luxury of two hours of time to spend. So much happens within this hour and it's like, it moves so good too. Yeah, it's a good flow. It's everything. That was, that, was, mm -hmm. that was a huge part of that challenge. Like I said, it's like, you really have to like think, ooh, it's like a puzzle. Oh, can I take this out? Can I move this around? Can I do that? Can I do this? Can I do that? So what I'll do, um, what I'm gonna actually do, I'll send you guys I'm gonna send you guys a binded copy, just as like a thank you for supporting this film. I'm gonna send you guys a binded copy of the original script. Exclusive. I, yes. <laughs> and I think I think you guys will actually enjoy it because there's a couple scenes that didn't make the final film, and the ending of the film is actually an alternate ending. So Ooh, we, we love, love a good ending. alternate ending. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, it'll be interesting. Um I think you'll you'll find the read to be really interesting, especially when you get to the end of it and you'll see kind of um you'll get to see another another endpoint of the film. Okay. All right. Will I be mm -hmm. angry? Oh, I would love that. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> will, will this change my perspective of what? Uh to be to be determined. Okay. Okay. Sure. Okay. Okay. We'll, we'll let you know what we think. We'll I'm know. looking forward to sure. that. For sure. <laughs> Can you tell us what are you? What's next? What are you working on? So, um, so a few things. So I, earlier, before everything shut down, the last production that I was able to get in, um, I directed a film called uh, A for Alpha. Um, the film has been. It's been sponsored by HBO, so yeah, it, HBO took a chance yeah. on um, took a chance on this film, and I was able to yes. 
I was able to come on board and, um, and direct job. the project. And the film is all about um, gender roles. So, oh. um, yeah, this, this 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 character has to. Um, and the trailer actually just came out for that last week. So if you guys go to A for Alpha Ooh. Film on Instagram or A for Alpha Film dot com, uh-huh. you'll see the trailer, and it's pretty much about a guy who has to deal with um, society's expectations and not being the alpha male in the relationship. So he, A for he's Alpha. A for Alpha. He's married to a strong black woman, and he has to kind of deal with the fact that you know his girl is this big time lawyer. And um, mm-hmm. and she's the breadwinner, and he, you know, he has that internal struggle that he has to like navigate. Okay, um, who is who is this male character? Sorry, I was looking at it right now. He looks so familiar. Who is this male? Um, um his name is Reggie Lochard. He's actually the he plays the lead, and he's actually the writer of the film as well. Um, and it's a pretty dope black cast. It's another like black love story. Um. Yeah, so it'll, it'll be um, it should be pretty cool. Like a lot of talented actors and actresses are in this project as well. So, so yeah, the trailer for that just came out, and that's about to go into the festival circuit. So that's what's next. Um, I've been like I said, the the worst thing they could have done with this whole COVID thing was give me months at a time to write. You know, I've just been sitting in my mm-hmm. house writing. I got a a nineteen seventies afro now. Um, yeah, just letting my hair grow and writing. And so I, I finished a feature film. So there's a film that me and Mac Wiles did called 15, which is a short film. It's about 10 minutes long. It, um, it won a couple awards. We went to ABFF with it last year. And in, in 2020, the Screen Actors Guild actually, um, selected it as one of their highlight films as part of their short film showcase for 2020. So, yeah, so I, I yeah, like, I like to see this. Oh. Yeah, last year, it. um, at ABFF, Amari Hardwick, um, pulled me aside, and I've been doing this Amari Hardwick impersonation for like the past week or so because I was telling people a story I'm about a it. Like ghost. So he so so we <laughs> yes, go to this ghost. dinner, right? So you guys will like this actually. We go to this dinner at during ABFF. So it's me, Mac, Lorenz Tate. Amari Hardwick and Kofi. Come on. Right? Yeah. Kofi Sarabi? Oh. I'm just picturing the table, table and I'm like, okay. It was like some legendary shit. Kofi and I was looking around. I was looking around. You know, you you ain't you 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 never really lived until you've been at a table where you're like, damn, I'm the nigga that don't belong at the table. Like that's like a beautiful thing. You no, I mean on. in terms of like people gonna look at the photo and yeah. be like, "Who's this thing?" Like mm-hmm. I appreciate <laughs> this part of my life and my career where it's just like, mm-hmm. like I earned my way here. Mm-hmm. But it's like in theory, you're like, "Damn, I'm not even supposed to be here. What's going on?" Right. So, mm-hmm. um, one of the guys from the film from the film festival, he um. He introduces me to Amari and he says, yo, this is Greg Kelly. You know, he wrote and directed 15, blah, blah, blah. So I'm like, oh, what's up, bro? Blah, 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 big fan. And I'm like, yo, like, I would love for you to see the film. And um, there's this reel-to-reel film program. So Amari Hardwick is the face of it. Yes. So 
Amari Hardwick. I'm like, yo, I would love for you to see my film, blah, blah. And he's like, yeah, 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 I've seen your film. And I'm like, no, no, seriously. Like, I'll email it to you. And he's like, bro, brother, if, if, <laughs> if, if, if I, I put my face on it. He's like, if I put my face on it, I'm serious about it. I've seen all the films, bro. I've seen them all. I've seen them all. I'm like, you does sound like and I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, oh, for real? Like, what did you think? And he was like, it's dope. It's dope. And I was like, I was like, yo, I don't know if you recognize Giviad, aka G Mugs. I don't know if you recognize Giviad, but uh -huh. he played with you on power. He played Biscuit. You guys have seen it together. He goes, yeah. I know him. I know him. I know him. I know him. He's from Jersey. I know him. He's raw. He's raw. I'm like, I'm like, oh shit. I'm like, damn, that's what's up. And I'm like, um, so I'm just asking what he thinks. And he's like, this needs to be a feature. It's not enough. It needs to be a feature. It's not enough. It's more story here. It needs to be a feature. I want to wow. help you. I want to help you. Get, put it together. Tell me how I can help you. Oh so God, I'm, like, I'm like, all right, cool. Blah, blah, blah. So, you know, he gives us this whole passionate speech. And he said, um, he said some very nice things about Mac, um, about Mac's acting ability and stuff like that, where he was talking about the difference between stars. Like there's some actors out here that are like stars, like they're blockbuster stars. Mm -hmm. And he was like, Mac Wiles, he's an actor. This guy's an actor. Mm. <laughs> These dudes are stars. He's an actor. Like he's going off. And it was like a powerful moment. And I say all that to say during this break, I was able to complete the feature film script for 15. Yes. So now I'm tightening that up and I'll be, mm -hmm. you know, I'll be in uh I'll yes, be in Amari Hardwick's inbox sooner than later with Hello. But didn't you guys I don't know if I'm didn't you guys work with him as far as showing something with like Yeah, Jack so Daniels? that was part of the that was exactly so that was part okay. of the the real to real film competition. We did one of the screenings that we did for fifteen was at the Jack Daniels real to real competition. And that was yes. essentially how he got his eyes on it. And I'm thinking that, like, oh, he okay. didn't even see it. Like, he's just endorsing it. He just shows up for the check. And he was like, he's okay, like I watch all you, the stuff. He's like, my name's on this. So, <laughs> and yeah, yeah, and he encouraged nice. me to go and write the feature, which was the original idea for it to be a feature mm -hmm. film anyway. But I, I had gotten to a point yeah. where I was like, I'm not going to write anything I can't make, right? Because if somebody puts the money mm -hmm. in my hand, I'm not going to write it because then it's just like, okay, I have it and now I can't do nothing with it. So I was writing more short forms that I could afford to independently fund. So when this whole thing shut down, I finally got to finish a couple feature film scripts. So, so I do have um, a lot of scripts that are done, and now I'm I'm shopping those around, and um, and I'm working on a documentary. I can't say who it is yet, but it's a iconic mm -hmm. artist, the iconic. Um, R&B artist and you know hopefully hopefully uh, we'll be bringing that to you guys sooner than later listen come on figure that existence you're I'm and busy it. and we love it I'm trying <laughs> we love it me down. Um, but it was a good slowdown it was a good slowdown for sure mm -hmm. that's so dope you are doing I'm trying thing. I'm over here trying you know <laughs> so we're just spreading the word about anime right now um, it's on Amazon Video, like you guys said earlier. Um, and then on my Instagram, if you go to like 
at Greg Cali, like in my IGTV, we have a bunch of these um, IG live conversations about these topics that we've been discussing here. And um, mm-hmm. on the animated film, it's literally at animated film on Instagram. We have a bunch of BTS content and cool stuff too. And we have some merch coming up too. So I turned like a lot of the, the lines from the film into wearable art. So we have some mm. cool pieces coming. So, um, so yeah. Be on a lookout, guys. You have to definitely watch animated. Yeah, man. Film. Thank you guys for um, supporting this. Like I said, I, um, I'm a fan. Y'all got my support. So however I can oh. return the support moving forward, I certainly will. Thank you. Uh, thank you so much, Greg. This was so much fun. Like, really, definitely my, be one of my favorite episodes. I can't wait so to uh, share this with the peoples. Well, we appreciate you, and we'll definitely keep in touch. Um, no thank doubt. You. No doubt. Thank you for having me. Thank you, everyone, for listening to another episode of Seriously Podcast. If you're not already, please subscribe to on all podcast platforms at Seriously Podcast. And make sure you follow on us on Instagram and Facebook at Seriously Podcast. And we'll see you guys subscribe. next week. Subscribe. Bye, guys. Bye, everyone.